Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome in, everybody. This is Scout's Eye on Pro Football. I am Chris Landry. Pleased to be with you for some special edition shows that we are starting out with the previews of each of the divisions. The AFC East is the first one on top, and we're going to get a look at each of the teams and kind of break it down for you where they are uh, and where they're headed towards this season as we see it. Uh, Again, if you are not familiar with what we do, who I am, my name again is Chris Landry. I am an NFL scout, uh, worked in the league um, with the I started out as a college coach and recruiting coordinator at LSU, uh, went into the league running the um, working in uh, one of the scouting organizations, Blesto, in the NFL, and then uh, worked, uh, got hired in Cleveland with Bill Belichick on his staff and uh, worked as a coach and a scout and uh, ran the scouting combine, um, moved to Houston and ran the Oilers scouting department, then to Tennessee to run their scouting department with the Titans when we moved there and have been uh, continually working in the league as a consultant both on the college and NFL side uh, with uh, Landry Football Operations and just thrilled to be with you part of the Landry Football Network. You can watch this show live each and every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Football. You can join us in the chat room, send in your questions, and we'll address them there uh, as part of the show. So we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, uh, a couple of ways you can do it. You can um, listen to the podcast dropped on, um, on LandryFootball.com. So you can go and uh, click on LandryFootball.com. Uh, click on podcast, and then you can get to uh, find the Scouts Island Pro Football. Click on it, and you'll be able to have a link that'll take you right there. Uh, the best way to do it is sign up uh, so that you get notification. Uh, you sign up, uh, part of our great friends at Podcast Park with the Falcons channel, the Dirty Bird Nest, um, and that'll get you all the pro football shows. I uh, also encourage you to sign up for the Landry Football Podcast channel where you can get all of the college podcasts. My, my Scout's Eye on College Football, National Show, uh, SEC Football and Beyond, ACC Football and Beyond. Um, you can get that uh, special Alabama show. So we, uh, we've got a lot for you there and we want you to consume it. Um, this show's about doing a preview with each of the teams as we're heading towards the season. So uh, check out this. And we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. 13-3, AFC East champions. Now what? Josh Allen is uh, a dynamic runner, passer, is a quarterback, um, developing into one of the league's best. Um, Leader, can throw off platform very, very effectively. Um, This offensive line is really excellent, particularly as it relates to the passing game. Dawkins and Morris are special. Uh, They get good play from their tight end, Dawson Knox. The defense is strong. Um, They have put a lot of their resources in their front seven. The safety tandem is really strong. Trey White is a shutdown corner. I think Brandon Bean, the general manager, and Sean McDermott, the head coach, have really worked very well uh, in building this team into right now the best-looking team in the AFC East and maybe, maybe the biggest challenger to the Chiefs in the overall AFC. The defense doesn't blitz a lot, um, which is the reason for their emphasis on the front four and their pressure that they can bring with base looks. And the draft was all about improving their pass rush early. Um, If you look at what they were able to do, um, that's what their focus was, and that was their mission. And I think that they uh, achieved that fairly well. If you take a look at 
the overall focus, Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham, two ACC talents that can get after the quarterback. I do think Spencer Brown, the big tackle from Northern Iowa, has some ability to develop. And then I know they think, and I do as well, that Marquis Stevenson is a developmental receiver in a good receiving core. So it's the best roster in the division. Uh, playoff appearance, just can they get by the Chiefs is what the question is. So let's take a look, and I will do this with each and all of the teams here. We're going to go position by position. Um, if you want a detailed breakdown, uh, more detailed, go to LandryFootball.com, and you get the overview in each offense, defense, and special teams, where the prediction might be, the depth chart look at this point, a pick-by-pick detailed analysis of every player selected in the draft, and then we'll give you a unit-by-unit unit evaluation. Quarterback, as we just discussed, um, Josh Allen probably improved as much as any quarterback in recent years. They've done a good job of building around him on his rookie contract. More on that later. They're going to have to try to get a deal done long-term with them. Once they get into the season, they'll table that to the end of the year. And they're scheming the offense to fit around his strength. They led the league in play-action passing attempts last year, throwing 17 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Really important to know and understand. Turn your quarterback away from the defense, it could be challenging. But the positive is you get the linebackers to suck in a little bit, and it gives you a little bit more spacing. He finished with a 79% uh, adjusted completion rate, which was the sixth best in the league, and he was ranked in the 30s last year. So now can you protect the football? Pardon me. He had the second um, most turnover rate-worthy plays, trailing only Carson Wentz. What's that really mean? It's it's not just about the turnovers, but do you put the ball in harm's way? If you put the ball in harm's way and the defense doesn't take advantage of it, it doesn't take you off the hook for that play. The running back position, uh, there was talk about them adding a running back to push for the starting job this offseason, but looks like they're going to run things with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Um, you know, they're they're not one of the top running back tandems, but it's not bad. I think that Singletary ranks in the 89 percentile and missed tackles. Um, Moss is not as good as I thought he would be, nor is healthy coming out of college. <clears throat> but um, he's got a little bit of an edge with the size and um, uh, ability as a receiver. The receivers and tight ends. Uh, I thought the Bills last year, they earned the second highest receiving grade uh, for me in the breakdowns last year. They've done a fantastic job of building this group of playmakers. Stephon Diggs was the final piece. He's one of the better route runners, more underrated route runners in the league. And he dominated at all levels of the field and finished with a uh, top five receiving grade in the league. Paul Cole Beasley been in the news about the vaccine and whatnot. He's a veteran slot, and he's really good at getting open and working the two-way goes off the line of scrimmage. We'll see his status, but he's certainly a very reliable veteran presence. With John Brown moving on, Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis will see a lot of playing time as the Bills used the second most full wide receiver sets in the NFL last year. Sanders is a good route runner and can still produce in a possession role. Davis, on the other hand, was a productive vertical threat. Size and, and uh, game speed are really good. Isaiah McKenzie also return, uh, uh, returns and has real value in the screen and jet sweep game. <clears throat> At tight end, Dawson Brock, uh, Dawson Knox was a breakout guy in year three, uh, or in year two, in year three, taking that next step would help. Jacob Hollister is going to compete for snaps um, and can be effective in one-on-one -on -one situations. They've got one of the best receiving units overall in the NFL. The offensive line, the Buffalo Bills um, finished top 10 in our um, you know grades last year that I did um, you know in my consulting work for the league. They've, they've done a really good job of rebuilding this group. The tackle tandem of Deion Dawkins and Darrell Williams is one of the best. They are they finished 14th and 22nd respectively in overall grades. They're really good in pass protection, as I alluded to in the opening. Dawkins has been very consistent uh, in the four years he's been in the league. Um, he's graded 
in the high 70s, uh, low 80s in pass protection, <clears throat> great factor. Williams returned by uh, free agency, played well in a one-year deal and earned some money. He bounced around the offensive line during his six-year career, but his two best seasons in 2017 and last year uh, were when he played right tackle start to finish, and that's where they've got him factored in. At the center position, Mitch Morse is graded um, you know, solidly in his two seasons, and must, much like the rest of uh, his career, he's done his best work in pass pro. Uh, the guards are um, not grading out, it has not graded out as well as the tackles. Feliciano's just a, a guy that fights you. Um, he just doesn't um, he just doesn't give up. He just doesn't quit. He replaces his hands. He's the starting right guard, and he's the best run blocker on the team, but he's also the least effective pass blocker. He's been, you know, a, an average starter, and I think eventually you got to look and see whether they can get pushed, uh, get him pushed. Forrest Lamp, who I really love coming out of Western Kentucky, has not been able to stay healthy, but he and uh, Jamil Douglas and um, Ike Boldinger are guys that maybe could be someone that could push him, maybe not this year, but down the road. Cody Ford is expected to start at left guard. It's a pivotal year for the second rounder out of 2017 draft. Uh, he graded just in above 50% in his first two seasons, so they're hoping for a breakthrough for him this year. Bills did a fine job of adding depth to um, picks and Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown uh, kind of alluded to in their draft picks. Both tackle prospects or 6'8", and they're developmental guys that don't bend ideally like you want, but as they get stronger and can turn guys in the run game and be able to work guys in pass protection with their length, um, I think they have right tackle abilities there. So a solid offensive line unit, they have got a lot of emphasis put on it. The depth is strong, so they should be able to deal with injuries that pop up during the season. Over on the defensive side for the Buffalo Bills, Defensive line, um, A.J. Epineza, Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham, Carlos Basham Jr., uh, all represent the type of youth and depth that factors into their edge defender rotation mode. Um, and that's good. They don't need to come in right away. They can play situationally, uh, provided Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison can stay healthy. Those are your starters. Hughes might be one of the more underrated edge rushers in the league. He's got great sack totals, good pressure totals. He's recorded double-digit sacks in a season every year since 2014. But he doesn't rank nearly as high overall. It's a little inconsistent setting the edge. But as a pass rusher, is really good. And in a position where you've got a really good team and you're trying to close out games with the pass rush, his value is a little bit more for him, for them, than it would be for a team that's maybe having to defend the run a little bit more in the second half in games where people are running the clock out on you. Part of the reason Buffalo ranks kind of in the middle of the pack is in the defensive line is that Ed Oliver hasn't produced to the level that um, they had hoped. Um, and I had a really high grade coming on out of Houston, but he's just really struggled against the run. And we'll see if things begin to take off for him. <clears throat> and linebacker, um, you know, they'll get better recognition um, because of their name recognition at linebacker, but Tremaine Edmonds has um, been more hype than overall production thus far. He makes some big plays, so people get excited about that. But when you study him on tape, um, he had uh, 57 missed tackles in three seasons. He's just not as good breaking down in, in, in space. Matt Milano um, has been much better. He's given up just two touchdowns in coverage. A.J. Klein is an ideal sub-backer, an ideal backup linebacker that just does things well, just not overall as gifted. But the big factor there is Edmonds being able to play under better control because he's really, really talented. Um, in the secondary, Micah Hyde, Jordan Power, uh, Poirier, rather. Um, it's one of the better safety combinations in the league. Uh, those two is ranked in the top um, four or five. Um, well, since 2017, they hadn't been out of the top dozen safety ranks. So they've done it, and they've done it for a while. They take away the deep ball 
They allow the, the league low 67 receptions on passes 20 yards or more downfield. What, Tredavious White is, as I mentioned, a productive corner in the league. Um, the only real question is whether Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson, Dane Jackson can give Buffalo enough production the other two cornerback spots. So, uh, team to beat probably in the um, AFC East. It's the best overall roster, as I mentioned. That's a look at the Buffalo Bills. Next up, we want to take a look at the Miami Dolphins. You know, really like what they've been able to do. Uh, I know that the season ended in a thud. Had a chance to make the playoffs, couldn't get it done. Very disappointed, I know, as they were in that. I do like, in the third year of the Brian Flores-Chris Greer plan, the, the whole idea of how they do it. Remember the silly conversations, as it always is silly about, well, they ought to tank, they ought to tank for two, or they ought to do this, that, and the other. You don't build a team. You don't build a culture of winning if you tank. It's the dumbest thing that the media, one of the dumbest things, because the media puts out a lot of dumb things, that people that don't understand football, that never worked in football, never competed in football at a high level, don't get. You don't get better by tanking and ruining a culture to try to get a player that you never know what you want to do when it comes draft time anyway. They've started with a foundation. They've built a foundation of effort, accountability, how we're going to practice, how we're going to prepare, how we're going to deal with offseason, what your expectations are, and then you add the talent to it to make it better. And I think they've done that. Um, everything stems for them on how Tua develops. There's no question about that. And there's, I think, some questions, fair questions about how he's going to be able to do this. Is he going to stay healthy? Is he big enough? Is he going to be effective enough in the pocket? Can he be more mobile outside the pocket? Let me say this. Last year <clears throat> was not a good sample size for him. First of all, coming off the hip injury last year at this time. Um, could not spend any time in the proper development due to COVID into the off-season program, into training camp, into mini camps, which were non-existent, only Zoom existent. And that retarded his development. They had a really veteran quarterback that they could turn to. And, as I alluded to, they were in contention. And when Tua struggled, didn't have any answers, they went to the veteran guy to try to win games. They have removed that. They have said, Tua, this is your team. You've got to earn it. You've got to get it done. You've got to win the team. You've got to perform. But also, you're going to have all those things that you didn't have last year in terms of advantages of putting it together. So I like what they are doing. Still, I don't know that they're anywhere close to where they need to be. They've added speed to the receiving core. The tight end position, um, I like to get a boost by adding Hunter uh, Long to the room. Giuseppe is, um, is an athletic guy, but he's very unpolished and may lose him in a contract year. And I think that Hunter Long has got more versatility. The offensive line is still coming together, and it needs work. So you've got a great, you've got speed, but you've got a quarterback that needs to settle, grow, and you've got questions on the offensive line, and we'll get it into the position breakdowns. But that's a concern in building around the quarterback. The running game, ranked 22nd in the NFL in, in yards per game. Uh, the running back run, very average, you know, and, and we'll get to it. The defense improved quite a bit. Um, and a lot to do with Xavier Howard. That's an issue contract-wise with him. But they need to do a better job of, of pressuring the quarterback. Secondary is a strength, but they've got to do a better job up front. Like their direction, but all depends on the offensive line and quarterback play on offense. Uh, can they run the ball well enough to alleviate the pressure? The defense is improving, but but not there yet. So we'll see. I mean, that's that's the that's the best way we need to go. Adding, and we'll get into. You know, the Jalen Waddles and guys like that, that receiver. Uh, let's uh, take it, uh, and again, detailed breakdowns with a complete overview and a final analysis, a depth chart look from the team inside, and then a pick-by-pick -pick draft analysis of every player that they drafted 
uh, each and every player. We got that over at LandryFootball.com, so take advantage of that, the football season sale today. Quarterback, we just talked about it. Hard to adjust to the game, the speed of the game as a rookie, especially when you don't know um, enough and you had not had enough preparation, and then you got a savvy veteran behind you. But there again, what a really good move to have a savvy veteran that works well, that could give to another voice to help him. So when the coordinator, in doing his job, has to go and do the other parts of his job, you got another voice that can help you grow as a quarterback. I thought that was really good. They were exceptionally conservative last year with them, and we'll see how much that develops and grows. The running back position, I'd put them in the bottom tier of running back rooms. Look, you can't get everything at the same time. So the critics would say, well, should have drafted a running back high. Hi. Only got so many picks. It's not recruiting. You can't get them all. We'll see what they do. Uh, the only additions were Malcolm Brown and then Jared Dokes in the seventh round of the draft. So Miles Gaskin is leading this running back room. Is it good enough? Fair to question. I, I thought Gaskin played pretty well when healthy. Graded out well. He played in 450 snaps, but it's still an unproven unit. Keep an eye out on free agent signings after the first and second round of cuts in training camp. And you're going to have so another big part, sidebar. You've got preseason this year. You've got the ability to be able to evaluate guys in preseason and make some decisions. You didn't have any of that last year. That's another big part of player development and roster development that as we cut down preseason games, or in the case of last year where we eliminated them, it's really uh, handcuffing what you're able to do in terms of evaluating other players because you don't know how they're doing because they haven't done anything other than it practices. And you don't have a lot of the, the, um, the mutual scrimmages anymore because of the COVID issues that's still lingering out there. As questionable as their running back room is, they have fortified their receiving core. Will Fuller's been at it, great speed. Jalen Waddell, a weapon that two is very familiar with, six overall pick. Unbelievable. Fuller had his career high grade last year and one of the best vertical threats. Really, really tough. The Fuller-Waddle duo is going to cause you a lot of sleepless nights defensively. Um, then it opens up Devontae Parker, who adds the size and catch point skills that the speedsters don't quite have. So you've got three guys that can line up as good as any trio of receivers and getting it done in terms of speed, in terms of versatility. They also have two other playmakers in Jakeem Grant and Lynn Bowden Jr. Both are very dangerous with the ball in their hands in the short game. So dump off, screens, short crossers. They've got a lot of ways now with the vertical stretch uh, uh, threats to stretch out defenses and work underneath. Mike Jacecki is a big-time receiving weapon at tight end. He is a top-10 receiving tight end in the league. Um, now, you're going to see Adam Shaheen, who's got a lot of ability as an inline guy, particularly as a blocker, Durham Smythe in two tight end sets. But as I mentioned, Hunter Long, I think, is one of the better all-around tight ends in the draft. So they're really good. This is this they can line up and not only be a playoff team, but a deep playoff caliber team at this position. As the running back room is questionable, so is the offensive line room. It was one of the weaker units in 2019. They made some strides last year in, in 20, but not a whole lot. Um, but there's youth and there's reason for encouragement. Um, now they cut back on their sacks last year, but that was more about Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua getting rid of the ball quicker. They got the ball out as quick as anybody in the league last year. So let's take a look at the personnel. Uh, Austin Jackson, first-round left tackle, struggled as a rookie last year. I mean, he was graded really low. Not all that unexpected. He's one of three rookies to see significant playing time for the Dolphins last year with Robert Hunt being the most impressive of the trio. Hunt graded out pretty well while playing right tackle. So you got two young guys um, at your bookend tackle positions that are young and trying to learn it. Uh, 
Jesse Davis started at right tackle prior to moving to right guard. Um, it was the highest grade of Davis's four years as a starter, but still ranked just 46 among um, the top, you know, uh, 90 qualifying guards last year. Solomon Kingley uh, played at left guard, third rookie to play. Um, he'll be challenged by Liam Eichenberg, who played tackle at Notre Dame, and I thought was really impressive last year, and I think he's going to help them. Matt Schur is the new center. He has up and down career. Um, he graded out a high 60s last year in 19, excuse me, in 19, but he really dropped uh, last year uh, into the low 60s. They got plenty of question marks. Young guys developing, that's going to be the key. Uh, again, going into maybe some of the further concerns about Miami, line of, uh, line of scrimmage issues, defensive line. A team can lean more on the blitz when they're starting cornerbacks, or Xavier Howard. Byron Jones, Miami did that. Miami was a top five blitz rate team last year at over 40%. They still ranked only 14 in team pressure rate, though, because they're not enough pass rushers, even in blitz pressure. Ogba was their most productive guy, but even he finished with only a, a, a sub-65 um, pass rush grade. Jalen Phillips is brought in um, from the University of Miami, across town. They've got a lot of work to do there before they can be the type of team that they need to be. Uh, linebacker Bernard McKinney was limited to just uh, 240 snaps last year due to injury. But before that, he was really grading out well. If he can return to full health, it's going to help upgrade the defense. I thought he regressed as an impressive rookie year. Um, but but Baker, um, uh, you know, would really help. Um, you know, getting his rookie um, form would really help uh, this linebacker uh, room. The secondary, uh, I, a big part of what Brian Flores wants to do, blitz, run man coverage, uh, he relies a lot on single coverage. Xavier Howard and getting a deal done with him or replacing him adequately is something they need to look at. Byron Jones is very good as well. Both can hold up well. They drafted Javon Holland, who's going to provide some competition at safety following the release of Bobby McClain. Uh, but the safety in the slot position is what keep them uh, in the back end of the top ten. Better safety play, better nickel play, and you're talking about as good a secondary as there is in the league. Where does it put the Dolphins? Look, I, I think a competition for the second, but I think that New England, which we're going to get to in a second, probably has a better roster. So that's a look at the Miami Dolphins. The New England Patriots. Next up, when you take a look at what they've done, I think they are going to be improved, and it has to start with Cam Newton. He's got to be healthy. He really struggled last year with injuries and sickness with COVID, and I thought it set them back. So they never were able to do or put in the package or work some of the things they wanted to do. We'll see. Um, last year was a unique year. Everybody had to deal with COVID, but not everybody was in a better position to deal with it last year. We'll see how this plays out. thought they made some key additions. Guys um, who were out last year that are returning, they had more key guys, highly graded guys that sat out last year due to COVID than anybody. So we'll see how that plays out. It's not the best receiver room you're going to look for. But if Hunter Henry can stay healthy, and that's a big, big if, he, Jono Smith, can give them a really impressive tight end room, and they're going to focus a lot of the pass game around the tight ends. That's what Cam did so well um, in Carolina, and what they're going to focus a lot on bringing this back is New England's had some success even with Tom with with two tight end sets and uh, big double slot looks. Um, I think the offensive line can be fairly good, but I have more concerns than most do with the position. The defense struggled against the run, giving up over four and a half about four and a half yards a carry. Uh, adding Gotcha, um, Henry Anderson, Matravius Adams will help a little. I like the running back room if the quarterback's right. It's the second-best roster in the division. But both the offense and defense, I think, are going to be better this year. Um, let's take a look, deep dive into their uh, roster. 
unit by unit. And again, remember, detailed breakdowns of every one of these teams, an overview, depth chart analysis, a player-by-player -player draft pick analysis from this past draft and how they factor in, as well as a detailed unit-by-unit -unit analysis and grade. So how does the quarterback room on this team rank overall in the league? Running back, linebackers, you name it. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, you get all that over at LandryFootball.com in our NFL detailed film breakdowns. Cam Newton, you mentioned inconsistencies as a passer is something that I think are going to always be there. But playmaking ability and the ability to create space for him to have success is something that they have done. They like Mac Jones. He is ahead of schedule at picking things up because of his knowledge and cerebral approach. I think they've got, a, I think they've got something special there. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's starting or at least playing a lot more as the year goes along. We'll see. Depends on Cam's health, his play, and the progression of Mac Jones. There's a reason why Bill Belichick, and I always think this is smart, it's always good to say your veteran quarterback, whoever that is, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Anybody that's bringing it, Jimmy Garoppolo, anybody that's drafted a quarterback, go with the veteran early. Here's why. Takes the pressure off the rookie, protects your investment. And then when the veteran goes haywire, he gets injured or his performance doesn't grade out well enough, then there is a comfort in let's move the young guy in and let's go forward. You do it the other way, you pull him out, got to go back to him. It creates a lot of, not uncertainty in the locker room, but it, it affects the rhythm. It affects the pace. It, you don't, it's a lot more stable if you do it a certain way. And that's what they're doing. And that's why the emphasis on Cam Newton's our starter. That's how you handle it. That's how you're supposed to handle it. I'm not suggesting that Cam's going to struggle and at week, fill in the blank, Mac Jones is coming in. But it's coming. That day's coming. It's just, hey, if Cam plays great and he leads you further than you expected, well, then that day is going to come later than sooner. If he's not healthy or his play doesn't um, grade up to where it needs to be, then it's going to come sooner. They absolutely love Damian Harris, their running, running back room. They like Sonny Michel. Both are protected to handle the rushing duties. James White is one of the best receiving threats. They've got a really good running back room. So they got two guys that can turn to, and then a guy that has a specialist role. The trio is going to be really good. Um, I like this group. Receivers, concern, tight ends. We mix them in here to kind of talk about the passing game. The receivers and tight ends have been the third worst receiving grade over the last couple of years. So they made the move for it. They had Nelson Aguiar, who's coming off a strong 2020. Um, but he's got a history of inconsistency and drops. So we'll see. Kendrick Bourne is a solid possession option. That graded out, has graded out pretty well. Jacoby Myers, he's actually been pretty good when he's given the opportunity the past couple of years. He's graded out well. He's a really good route runner. He's a two. He's really better as a three, an outside three. Nikhil Harry's been a mess, we know. He struggled with route running. It's the biggest issue. It's the biggest concern. Um, Ozuski has had depth. Gunnar Ozuski had some depth. The tight end is where this um, gets interesting. They had a league-low 18 catches last year. Brian Hunter, Henry, and John o. Smith. if Hunter can stay healthy, that's gonna, they're going to eclipse that pretty early in the season. Henry looks like, looked like one of the great young tight ends until the injury started to come in. Smith is one of the best receiving guys. Really um, good after the catch as well. So they've got the pieces to put in there uh, to be the best tight end duo in the league. I, not the best tight end if you take either one of those two, but the duo really, really, uh, really, really good. They've been at one of the slowest and most ineffective group of pass catchers the last few years. More possession guys, but They've rectified that a little bit and got some playmaking ability. And again, with, with Cam Newton, you want guys that can run a lot of face-up routes, create some spacing so that he doesn't have to throw into tight windows. The Patriots historically have graded out well on the offensive line. It had a lot to do with Dante Skarnacki. I think it's still a pretty good line. 
I'm a little bit more concerned than other people are. Left tackle Isaiah Wynn took a step forward in his second year last year. He's graded out pretty well. Top dozen tackle in the league. Um, he's a little bit negative in the run game, but I think he's got chance to get a lot better. They rotated through a lot of players at right tackle last year. Owenawu, it took the majority of the snaps. He's one of the biggest surprises in the league. Um, excellent playing right guard or right tackle, um, which is really good, you know, for a rookie um, to step in and have that much success. They, uh, they traded for Trent Brown, which will push uh, Onawano and give uh, to left guard and replace Joe Thune. Brown returns to New England. Brown was well coached and graded, and uh, again, weak front offices like the Raiders, you know, take a guy and look at the finished product and think he's really good, and they don't realize how the stew was made, and then it doesn't work when they bring him to that spot. The right guard spot is manned by Shaq Mason, one of the more powerful run blockers in the league. Uh, at center, David Andrews uh, returns. He was um, graded out in the high 60s. Top, you know, 16, 18 among the centers, but it was his lowest grade. So I'm wondering if it's the beginning of a declining period or he's a bounce back year. Solid depth with Ted Karras, who can play center or guard. Justin Heron showed some mobility as a six-round rookie last year. And an always versatility with Brown coming in is worth an extra roster spot. So it's a solid group, but the finished product's a little bit better than the individual parts. So I'm curious to see how this plays out and grades out. And there's no longer the Dante Scarnecchia effect there that, uh, to the degree that it was before. And I think that made them cover up a lot of ills year in and year out when the athleticism and the individual traits of those players on the offensive line were not what the overall product was. Defensive line. The defensive line linebackers were problem areas last year for the Patriots. They had a few players who could create consistent true pressure. They invested heavily in improving that. Matthew Judon, Kyle Van Noy, uh, Devon Gottschall, Henry Anderson, Matravius Adams, Christian Bormore, Ronnie Perkins, across free agency in the draft. So they are certainly going to be looking to get guys in right situations. It's one of the things that Bill does very well, identifying. Uh, there's a lot of things well, I know, but really identifying what a guy can do and getting him on the field. Nothing is more frustrating as a personnel guy than to have a guy that can be successful in some areas, but you can't get him on the field because the coach doesn't feel like he can get all the things done. Well, about the time you figure out that guy can get all the things done, they're few and far between, and the guy's out the door, and you've misused him, and you've misused some of the talent that he has. That's not Bill. Bill does an extremely good job because he understands personnel uh, from a coaching standpoint. New England's linebacker group is in flux right now. But Dante Hightower's return should give them back one of the cornerstone pieces of the defense. Hightower opted out of the 2020 season, but he's going to make his way back this year, adding that savvy veteran um, and quality to an otherwise unit, um, gives some much-needed experience. None of the Patriots linebackers missed more than seven tackles in 20. Um, so the kind of sound fundamentals you would expect from a Bill Belichick coach unit, they're very, very sound in that regard. They just need more playmaking ability. I think the secondary is very good. It's one of the more impressive collections of secondary talent. But some of the bigger names are starting to decline. Stephon Gilmore, his coverage grade last year was his lowest mark. Devin Cordy um, grade a little bit higher, but he's 33, and it was his worst performance since 2011. Now, injuries and COVID were factors in the down year for Gilmore. So I think to say, well, it's over for him, it's premature. I think he's got some good football left in him. But this year is going to determine whether he's got a future there of getting the type of money that he hopes. It wouldn't be a shock to see both McCourty and Gilmore bounce back given the prior track record of success. And then the J.C. Jacksons, the Jonathan Jones, and the Kyle Duggars certainly have some value there as well. So it'll be fun to see how that plays out. How far does New England bounce back? Good question. Um, you know, can they challenge for the division? I think it's Buffalo's division to win. We'll see. I think they're probably the second best team in the league. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. On to the New York Jets. I don't think it would be anything short of a shock if the Jets finish anywhere but fourth in the division. It would be, quite frankly, a shock 
if the Jets finish out of picking in the top five in next year's draft. <clears throat> got a long way to go. Zach Wilson is a playmaker at quarterback, but he's a gamble. It's got to pay off. You draft uh, Sam Donald and it doesn't work out. You move on. Now what? Okay, it's Zach Wilson. How do you build a team around it? They have a 10-year playoff drought. 2-1-11. The next closest are like the Cards, the Bengals. Um, you know, you, it's just they got a long way to go. It's 11 years in common. Joe Douglas is in charge as a GM. He When he came in, he didn't have control of the roster. New offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, um, runs a quarterback-friendly offense, a West Coast offense version. Um, the right side of the offensive line concerns me, but I'll talk a little bit about what I'm liking about on the left side. The running back room concerns me. The defense is transitioning from a 3-4 to a 4-3 with a cover three back and look. Robert Sala is overseeing that. The pass rush has been inconsistent. With C.J. Mosley coming back at Mike Backer, you can see improved front production, and they're going to need it. The biggest concern with the defense is a secondary. You have an excellent free safety in Marcus May, but for a cover three to work, you got to have big physical corners. So that is something that they're going to have to work hard on. They added two explosive players in the draft, and Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. Vera Tucker can line up next to Makai Becton right away, I would think. Um, it's another rebuild for them, and it hinges on the play of the quarterback. But, you know, Zach Wilson's not going to be successful early on because the team around him is not very good. Tragically, they lost Greg Knapp, the quarterback coach, um, good friend, and just devastating to lose him. Um, so a lot going on there. But this is about long-term when it hasn't been for the Jets, but it's certainly frustrating. Again, for a detailed breakdown of the Jets, go to LandryFootball.com. We've got the overview. We've got the depth chart. Um, we've got the pick-by-pick -pick analysis of every pick in last year's draft. And uh, we've got a unit-by-unit -unit breakdown and grading within the league. Let's take a look at their position units for the Jets. Zach Wilson, we just talked about it. Um, he's got the athleticism to make off-platform throws. So I think he's a playmaker there, and I think he's a guy that can make a difference. Not a pure pocket, got to play great around him type. He can make plays, but can he protect the football? Um, he does a really good job in throwing it pretty accurately in the short game. The big question is how quickly can he learn and adapt to the speed of the game with a team that's not very good. You're likely going to be trailing in a lot of games. All those things are going to force you into some bad decisions, quick decisions, overreaction decisions that can cause problems. What about the play around him? Well, the running back room might be as weak as anybody in the league. I think there's hope coming with Michael Carter, but with Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, LaMichael Perrine, Michael Carter is the guy. He's the best-looking guy. Uh, Coleman brings some experience in the group, but he's come off a season in um, San Francisco in which he struggled to stay healthy. So that would be a concern. Carter graded out really well coming out of North Carolina. I think he's a young running back that could impact this running back room in a very positive way. So I think he'd put the quarterback room in, in the <clears throat> bottom tier of the league. I think he'd put the running back room definitely in the bottom tier of the league. The receiver tight end room, bottom, you know, tier. And I'm talking five or bottom five or six in this room as well. Jets receivers and tight end had the lowest receiving grade in the NFL, ranked just 29th since 2018. The overall starts with free agent Corey Davis is coming off a career high year. He may be a disappointed as a fifth-round pick, but he's a solid outside receiver, does his best work in the intermediate area. Last second, uh, uh, last year's second round of Denzel Mims, um, and a pretty good receiving grade. He'll pair with Davis as a starting outside receiver. Jamison Crowder has been an excellent slot guy in his career. He's graded out in the plus 70 area the last four years. They're bringing in an elite playmaker in Elijah Moore. Really good. His best work is done in the slot, but he can go vertical and on the outside. So I think 
the Y position is in play um, as well as the slot for him. So I think the starting four gives you some promise of a mix of size and speed with some versatility. Keep an eye on Keelan Cole, the free agent who comes over from Jacksonville. thinking he can be a complimentary guy, a guy that could take advantage once you get the speed guys out. Um, he could guy is a guy that's a really reliable and consistent. The tight ends are a question mark after Chris Herndon went from one of the more promising options to an injury prague year. So what do you have there? It's always frustrating. Injuries are nearly 100% factor for every player at some point in the league, and the Jets need him to be back this year. He worked the seam well. He posted in the high 70s. Uh, the competition for the backup role with Griffith and Croft and Wesco. Um, now, the patch catchers have improved, but that's an area that they've got to get better on. The offensive line getting better, still ways to go. I thought they did a uh, an aggressive approach the past couple of years to get better. So they've gone from maybe the bottom five or six lines to now, you know, maybe you put them in that 20-25 range. There's reason for optimism. You got the left tackle that they drafted last year in Mackay Becton. He's got freakish ability, can maul defenders at the point of attack, and he's really graded out in the run game and got the feet to perform well in pass pro. Right tackle, uh, Looked like it could be an issue for the Jets, but they signed in Morgan Moses, one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, he's graded out in the top 20 tackles, graded out in the high 70s. Best mark since 2016, uh, he graded out high 70s last year. And this moves George Fant to a backup role. George graded out in the low 60s last year, and you know he's at this point an emergency tackle. Connor McGovern returns at center. He graded out solidly in the run game, not nearly good in the passing game. Dan Feeney comes over to challenge for playing time. Um, Feeney's high grade uh, throughout the first full season has been like in the low 60s, so he's got some work there. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, their first rounder, likely a plug-and-play early at left guard, and I think you know could compete at right tackle um, at some point. He's played guard and tackle and been solid enough at both at USC with pass protection skills. Um, he can stick a little bit in the run game and drive his feet. So I like, you know, you don't draft a guy and we'll figure where we play him. This guy, I think, can be a really good, I think he can be a great guard. I think he can be a really good right tackle. And I'm not sure that he couldn't play left tackle in a pinch. So not now. But at some point, I see him as a guy that can be your right tackle to bookend with Becton and be your backup left tackle if Becton goes down. And that helps you because it's a little bit easier to plug a right tackle in than find a really good left tackle that can not cause you the drop-off from your starting left tackle to your backup. Alex Lewis... Uh, Graded out fairly well for what he does. So the, the line is on the right track. The offensive line is on the right track. But they've got to improve at right tackle, and Vera Tucker needs to hit um, for this to continue. Defensive side of the ball, defensive line. They were not very good last year in 2020, but they did have some promising seasons grade-wise from young defensive line, namely Quinnen Williams, um, Futukasaki, John Franklin Myers, they all finished among the top 35 interior defenders in overall grades last year. They added Sheldon Rankins, uh, Vinnie Curry, Carl Lawson. Uh, I think, you know, they put an emphasis here, work on the lines of scrimmage. We just talked about the offense. The defensive line is ahead of the offensive line at this point. Lawson will bring much-needed pass rush off the edge. No edge defender graded higher as a pass rusher on true pass rushing snaps than him. This guy knows He's crafty. He knows how to work blocks. He knows how to replace his hands. And he knows how to use leverage very well. And he finishes very, very well. Um, linebacker. Going back to a couple of weak areas on defense. Um, the linebackers really depend so much on C.J. Mosley taking the field. He played just two games in, 100, I think, 110, 112 snaps last year. Uh, since signing the big money deal in New York. And he's kind of considered a star, but 
he's not graded out quite as well. And you'll wonder kind of where things are in terms of post-injury, can he be a great player? They're going to need him to be. I think Jared Davis is an intriguing reclamation project, is a former first-round pick. But his first three seasons, he just didn't grade all that well. So finding the right spot with Robert and his defensive staff maybe is the right fix for him. And the secondary, not very good. The top options at corner include uh, Blassoon Austin, Bryce Hall, uh, Hevelin Guidry, not good. Hall profiles as, a, profiles as a good fit in Salah's defense. Um, the physical guy, and, and you know he's a um, he's a guy that where they draft him, they had him rated a lot higher. Other people didn't because his inability to turn and run. But the physical corners that we talked about needed for this cover three is what they're looking for. So the corner group is still weak, still thin. The player there is the safety Marcus May. And the Florida product, University of Florida product, of coming off of a, a career-high grade last year and obviously not having Jamal Adams, um, you know, he had a lot more responsibilities and he handled it very well. Jets are, again, um, maybe the safest pick in all of football as uh, where they're going to finish last in their division and certainly, I think, uh, one of the weaker-looking uh, teams in all of the NFL. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Want to make sure that you join us as we take you through each and every division of the NFL. We're going to go to the other East now, the NFC East, and then we'll work our way through the divisions. Uh, you can find this podcast. You can go to LandryFootball.com and click on podcast and look Scout's Eye on Pro Football. Click on it, and it'll tell you where to go find it. And that place will be the NFL channel on Podcast Park, which you can get by signing up, up for the Falcons channel, the Dirty Birds Nest, uh, and a great fans at Podcast Park. You can watch Scout's Eye on Pro Football every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. Uh, also, that's where you can catch all of our shows, our college football show, Scout's Eye on College Football, our SEC show, our ACC football. We've got an Alabama show, football uh, show for you. You can catch all of those live. And you can check out the Twitch schedule, again, on LandryFootball.com. You can see the Chris Landry Football Twitch TV program schedule. Click on it. Join us in the chat room. Ask your questions. We appreciate you joining us. Join us next time when we take another division, previewing the NFL. I'm Chris Landry for Scouts Eye on Pro Football. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.